I will never ever forget Bethlehem. Um, just because right from the get-go demonstrated an incredible drive and a tenacity and a level of grit that was really unusual for the spirit, particularly somebody who um, hadn't really been playing their instrument for very long. I remember there being a point when I would walk in the room and Bethlehem was playing better than her mentor because I know her mentor started to feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, so I remember at the end of the school year encouraging her. I said, you know, you really should take the audition to be in the youth orchestra. You could come back as a mentor and, you know, flip the script here. Like, you would be great working with kids. And I really think you're incredibly talented. And, I remember pushing her to want to audition and she kept giving me, she's like, no, I don't want to, what if I mess up? I shouldn't go, I don't want to do all this. It's kind of an atrocity that music is only accessible to people who can you know, afford these ridiculous private lessons with professional musicians. And we were talking, it could be up to $100 an hour. And um, for someone with the level of talent that Bethlehem has, um, to, to not have that opportunity just seemed wrong. So um, so I, I tried to cut her a deal, and I said, I'm willing to teach you. I need a babysitter, so you can come babysit for me, and here are the rules. Like, <laughs> you, you gotta show up and you gotta practice, and if you show up and practice, like, we can make this work. Yeah. I remember her showing up for her first lesson at my house, yeah. pouring in sweat. <laughs> and it was hot that day. It was like, like 90 degrees outside. She walked about <laughs> three miles to get to her lesson. <laughs> her lessons very 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 seriously and she wrote down exactly what to do and what to say like just she's an excellent student so she and she wanted it she wanted it really bad she was probably practicing an hour or more a day yeah. when she started and then as the year progressed was going to closer to three or four hours yeah. a day and that's the kind of time you need to do to put mm -hmm. in to become a professional musician so the goal at the end of that first year of her lessons was that she was going to audition for this NSO Youth Fellowship Program. What's fantastic about the fellowship program is it's free private lessons with an NSO yeah. musician, plus chamber music and just exposure to this crazy classical world yeah. that is a culture of its own. And for a student who hasn't had exposure to that, to be able to navigate it, I mean, you need all the experience you can get to be able to make it. Um, she auditioned for this program. And she made it in. And I was, like, <laughs> beside myself. Like, it is completely unheard of for a student to study. I mean, really, she'd taken lessons for a year. So uh, after a year of private lessons, she made it into the fellowship program. Yeah. And she calls me. She was just elated. But then, like, probably two weeks later, she's like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean you can't do this? It's like the same thing. Like, should I audition for youth workers? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to show up. And I just wanted to just shake her and be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like the NSO fellowship program is a program for, I mean, these kids that get in the program have started playing when they were five, like four. four. Yeah. And so by the time they're a junior in high school, you know, they've got 10 years of playing experience yeah. under their belt and they've been intensely trained with their parents and everything yeah. else. And Bethlehem, barely had you know a year of private lessons as an older student Lewis I mean yeah. this is it was it was remarkable I, I I still don't know if people understand how remarkable that is so she she made into this program we got her a viola that was yeah. the other thing they had a potter's violin giveaway every year they have it every year for someone who really deserves it and can't afford to buy one themselves and it's like a really decent instrument and I applied for it at the end of music buddies 
So that was like around when I started, she started to become my teacher. Yeah, because the viola she had, although it was lovely from ACPS, yeah. it was a school instrument. Yeah. It had been well-loved, yeah. and it just wasn't at the right caliber to be able to do what she needed to do. Yeah. So we were able to get her a free instrument, which was great. So she had her instrument. We had a year of private lessons. She made it in this program, and then she's telling me that she doesn't know if she's going to do it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's just rewind for a minute. Like, why, why would you not do this program? What did you tell me? What was the reason why? It was because I was so used to being, like, the biggest fish in the pond. I was, like, I was just too scared to be around, like, people, like, who've been doing it forever and, like, are better than me. It's a really big change, too. It's from, like, the, being the best in your school orchestra and going to the flash program. <laughs> Being like the worst player there, yeah. But yeah. you know, this is the this is the best place to be if you want to learn. Yeah, those are the conversations that we had. And the other conversation that we had was, how am I going to get there? Like, how am I going to oh, get yeah. to the Kennedy Center? Because everybody's parents drive them there. Yeah. And I said, you're going to take the bus, and then you're going to get on the metro, and you're going to go. And she's like, I can't do that. I've never done that before. Like, <laughs> and I was like, you got to get over this. Like, we just got to go do it. <laughs> So we, like, got on the bus. We took a trip down to the Kennedy Center, and we talked about which bus to take. With her kids. Yeah, <laughs> Asher came with us. My, my four-year-old was then probably, like, like a baby. Yeah. Yeah, so we went down to the Kennedy Center, and we, like, walked around yeah. and kind of checked out the place and yeah. hopped on all the buses. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I knew how. Yeah. After she taught me. That enabled you so much freedom, I think, in other ways, yeah. too. I think you were more willing to navigate the city to go see concerts yeah. and rehearsals and be able it just opened up more access yeah which is again I, my biggest problem with classical music is it's just it's like this ivory castle that's impossible to penetrate if you don't have the connections and you don't have the means to be able to do it and just which is why i think it's just so important to to make sure everybody has an opportunity to access it because it's an awesome awesome yeah. world and it, it's really uh I mean, I know you probably are starting to... She's totally in love. I love watching kids fall in love with music. I'm so glad that she did it, and I'm so glad that she jumped in there. Yeah. And that first year was hard. Yeah, it was. I, like, I, <laughs> I remember with my... Because I got a new teacher. I wasn't her student anymore. With William Foster. And I told him, like, the first two months, it was so hard for me from transitioning from him from her to him because he was just so hard on me. And, like, he never complimented me. She always did, and, like... <laughs> Like she, she's really way too nice. She, yeah, she way was, too nice. And then he's like, <laughs> he like never complimented me. So I'm like, and then I, and then as the year went by, and I started to do chamber music with like, so chamber music is like playing with other people in the program. I like realized how like not as good as I, not as good as the other kids. Um, and then I told my teacher, I was like, I don't think I belong in this program. I told William Foster that. I remember in that lesson, I like started crying for some reason because it, the transition was just so rigged for me. And he told me he was like, "No, you're so talented, and you deserve to be in the program more than anybody else here." And the th great thing about you is that you, you have that kind of background where you don't get it as quickly access as the other kids. You don't take it for granted, and that was one of like the biggest things he told me. I remember that year. The reason I got through that first year and kept going was because of him. You're not there to have somebody tell you you're good yeah that, that's just not what we that's not that's not we can't you can't do it for somebody else it has to be for yourself yeah and you know his job was to give you information and there's been an evolution there has to be an evolution in your psyche and your like mental state to be able to handle that mm -hmm. and I will tell you it does not get easier it never yeah. gets easier but um I mean but that's what it's required to yeah. to be able to get to the highest level you have to be able to take it and you have to be able to use it 
And you've just done a miraculous job of embracing that mm-hmm. and taking it. You take everything. Yeah. And I think it's that same. I, that's why I love it. I love the fact that she doesn't take it for granted. Yeah. It, I can't stand working with kids who don't appreciate all of those things that you say and have to offer. And I think yeah. that's one thing about you that will carry you forever and ever and be, make you the greatest musician is because you appreciate them. And yeah. you understand that really it's a gift. There, It's information is a gift. Yeah. And whatever package it's wrapped in, you kind of have to take it. Yeah. He has this notebook that is like the most tattered... <laughs> little like notebook which is filled with pages of all these notes she's taken from every single lesson just she writes everything down it's incredibly reflective Mm -hmm. of all this information and it's so refreshing to watch somebody actually become good at something like good at something (laughs) not just good great you know becoming an expert and i think that's what i think something that's pretty awesome I feel like I've been your emotional support. <laughs> you I've, have. I, haven't, I haven't necessarily been her like yeah. playing teacher. I've yeah. been like the hand holder a little bit. <laughs> like every Monday, I drive her to rehearsal on Mondays. Every Monday, I pick her up and we go to orchestra. So we had our like you know once a week drive <laughs> to orchestra where we would like rehash all of these things that had happened and all these people she yeah. was meeting and where am I going to go to school I yeah. just don't know where do you think I'm going to end up she's like I'm either going to go to Curtis or Juilliard or all these schools that are like $80,000 a year yeah. and are the most elite this is like saying I'm going to go to Harvard or Yale you know and for most people most parents would probably just be like oh my gosh like why don't you just apply to Mason for just a backup it seems like a good idea yeah, I and I was like I know for sure they're going to give her money to go to school because mm. I, I could not have led her down this path without the window, at that, without the light at the end of the tunnel where I knew she was going to be able to go to school and it wasn't going to sink her family. It wasn't going to sink her dreams. It wasn't going to... I just... That on my shoulders was really hard. Yeah, and that that was the thing with, like, my parents because, like, me being an immigrant and coming from Eritrea to here, like, my parents only had one job and that was to give me... um a decent education and um they my dad was actually educated he went to like a university in england but then he had to because he was like working for the eritrean embassy traveling around so i lived without him for like three years in eritrea with my so it was just my mom and my three brothers who like bullied me all the time so like there was so much political crap going on and like the, we left as political asylees so my dad brought all five of us to from eritrea to here and my parents were like look, we did so much for you. You have one job, and that's to take advantage of your education and make a life for us because you don't want to live like us, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And just, like, you just we just don't want you to have the life we have. And the reason we brought you here is that for that job. And for me to bring on this music education or, like, being a musician, he's like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do this? Like, I brought you here for a reason, and that's to be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, the typical Eritrean dream that you want for your kids. It was really hard for my parents to really process what I wanted to become and I was a professional violist. So they're like, no, we know you don't make, you're not going to make much money. And it's such a narrow field, very competitive, some, more than, more competitive than medicine. And you just don't want to, we just don't want you to go down that kind of path where there's no safety net or anything like that. So that first year, my freshman year, when I started taking lessons with her, I remember that there was like, there was, there was a student recital that um, that year at the end of the year for a thing mm-hmm. and they were like you're not going because they saw my grades because I've been practicing all the time I didn't have much time to look after my grades 
So. I would get on you about that too. I was like, you, you, you don't have the luxury of like having one or the other. You have yeah. to have both. Yeah. So my, I remember my my brother like ratted on on me. He got like th- my report card. He told my parents. My parents were like screaming at me, and we were all like, my we were arguing the whole time, and like. I was like, I have to get to this recital. It's like in 20 minutes. They're like, you're not going. Look at your grades. We bought you for here for that. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and then Miss Khan had to like call my dad and talk to him. And then I remember like a couple of days after, like he went over to our house and mm-hmm. together and like we had this mm-hmm. conversation. We had a, that was a good conversation. Yeah. And then your dad came over. Yeah. <sighs> There's a leap of faith in doing these things. Yeah. And music is not a guarantee. Like you yeah. still don't have a guarantee. Yeah. I mean, you know that. But... You know, I think what I had to explain to him was that if you love what you do, you never have a, have to work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to follow your dream and to support it will lead to have a happy, a happy child. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, as any parent would, that's what that's what you want for your kids. You want them to have a happy life and to love what they do. And I think your dad understood that. I said she she has a legitimate shot at this. I said I wouldn't I wouldn't lead her down this path if I didn't think that that was true. Yeah. I said however, I agree with you. She needs to keep her grades up. I was like, and if she doesn't keep her grades up, I want to know about it because I'm going to make sure that she does. Mm-hmm. There's there was like kind of a cultural barrier between like music and like what they believed for me and like should be, you know, the like having a a real academic education rather than music. My big concern was, okay, so she's going to get into NEC, it's going to be $80,000 a year. And how on earth could I have told her family that she can do this and then tell them it's $80,000 a year? And it would just sink them. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't. And I'm like, please, please just apply to these other schools. And she wouldn't. She didn't do it. She just, she wouldn't do it. And I am just having a panic attack about this whole thing. The college auditions, getting that together was kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially all the, like, travel arrangements. And, well, like, there was, there's there. travel arrangements, yeah. all that stuff. It's a lot of logistics to manage, especially if you're not used to doing things like yeah. that. And this is a long way to come from having to take the bus from TC to the Kennedy Center. (laughs) (laughs) But to like, to actually have to like, go, go. I'm, I'm so waiting for you to like land in Berlin and have to like find your way out to like, or like land in Vienna and like find your way to the music grind and like, it's going to happen. Like I was having a panic attack for you about the recording because her college, her pre-screen for Juilliard's due in like a week. And she's like, I'm going to record it the day before and get it in. And I'm going, oh my God, why are you doing this? And the pre-screen is like the first round of audition. So there's two rounds. You have to make the pre-screen and forget the other one. So you make a video of yourself playing the required music and uh, you send it in and they either approve you or don't approve you for the live audition. So. Yeah, well, so she calls me and she's like, I just, do you have a camera? I can use my iPhone. And I'm like, oh, my God. And these kids is... are, like, using professional right, recordings. Right. I was like, you're not competitive if you're going to pull out your iPhone. Fortunately, she booked a room at the Kennedy Center. She had an accompanist. I'm like, okay, at least two things are down. Yeah. We just have to find the equipment. And so we were fortunate enough. ACPS came through on that one. So she had to do it all at once. She, so she had to do it all at once. There was no backup One day. There was no backup plan. And yeah, I'm, like, yeah. freaking so out. She didn't apply to Indiana. She's got to get into Juilliard. <laughs> So she, she just, she laid it down. <laughs> like this, she took like, did you take one take of the shoe right? Yeah, it took She took one. one take, one take of the shoe right. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with that recording. It was <laughs> spectacular. I almost cried. Like, I couldn't do that. There's no way. Which is remarkable. We had time to spare. We left early. Yeah. She got it done in four hours. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, and, and then she got in, she got all her pre-screens came through. She got in, accepted everywhere. Um, and so then she was off to the audition. Yeah. You want to talk about your <laughs> audition? So I went to New York with my dad and he's like, it's just an audition. Why are you taking it so seriously? It's like, obviously the perspectives were so different from like being mean, like actually knowing like, <laughs> like the music world and he doesn't, but he was just like, it's not even that big a deal. It's 10 minutes of your life. It's just nothing. There was people who were just sitting there to hear you play. Like, don't be nervous. That was literally my best audition. Cause I was, I, for some reason I was not nervous cause I just saw them as people and they're, they're just, they're just people who want to hear me play. So it's not that big of a deal if I mess up. I just want to have fun because it's Julia. I'm like in the best school I want to embrace what I'm doing so I left the room really happy and everybody was smiling at me <laughs> so I left the room and then the college representative comes up to me he's like congratulations but he doesn't say you got in because he can't because it's like not legal or something like that whatever so he just says congratulations and there was a viola lunch after um which is like a lunch for all of the viola teachers all of the people who auditioned that day and then all and samuel rhodes who's like the founder of the juilliard quartet comes up to you and i didn't even know it was him i thought it was just some old guy like never did it these are, are legends these yeah. are like legends yeah <laughs> so he comes into the room and he like all they he approaches me I, i'm like just sitting there because it was lunch so i was eating my sandwich on my phone and then he comes up to me and he's like, your audition was just outstanding, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know what since I was just like, it's probably some parent just complimenting me. So then he walks away, and then I'm like, with my friend, and she's like, who's that? So I like look on the faculty, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was Stanley Rose talking to me. So I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember March 26th, I was in my car with, with my mom, obviously not driving. So we dropped off my little brother at his soccer practice. So I'm like looking at my phone, like, and I'm like, I used to look up Juilliard, and then um, I open my application. It says congratulations. And I start screaming. My mom's like, what? What happened? What happened? She like puts the card hazard and gets out of the car. And so I keep reading. I keep reading, and then I see the Covner Fellowship, and there were this couple who donated sixty million dollars to Juilliard. I think that was like the biggest endowment ever given to a school. They they give this money to people who have who've had like the best auditions at Juilliard and um, see like potential leadership in, in the arts for the future in their careers. Full tuition, full room and board. And I'm like, this is so unbelievable. And you can get money for transportation, money for like your strings and stuff, personal expenses. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I like started crying. My mom was like, oh my God full scholarship I'm like yeah and he's like oh my gosh you don't have to take out loans so at like the end of your senior year um for undergrad you go look for like jobs you go on tours for like, all these orchestras that you want to audition for because at the end of four years for un your undergrad you should be ready to audition for stuff so that was really cool it, it was it this was like and you know I've spent so long trying to tell her that stuff like this doesn't happen yeah and like I was like you you I was like, nobody walks away without any loans. Like, the, you know, we all have this, like I said, you know, once you walk through the doors to college, like, this is a fresh start for everybody. You're, you know, we're all on, you know, I'm giving her this, and it's true. These are all true things. I mean, to have, to have her get to the place where I knew she was going to be okay, and that it all worked out, and like, I, I mean, I'm dragging this person to this, yeah. to this path, this jungle of just this crazy world and to know that she I got her to the place where I promised her family could happen yeah was an incredible I I it was just <laughs> it was I didn't know that I I mean I knew what I didn't know until it actually happened yeah. and, and it made me feel like it, it made me I mean 
aren't enough words to yeah. express my how how I how proud I am of what she's done. She's done this. I mean, this is just she she dug deep and she worked hard and she's of course very talented <laughs> and very expressive. She's a beautiful beautiful musician. It's very rare to have students in your career where they go far beyond anything you could have done. Mm. And to have that is um, probably a once in a lifetime. So, <laughs> so I just told her she just can't forget me, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she like says that all the time. And 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 also one thing I really do believe, and I want you to always remember, is I want you to pay it forward. Yeah. Because there will be someone else out there. And you can walk past them, and you could say they'll they'll get figured out, or you can do something about it. Yeah. And it's gonna require giving things that you you're just gonna have to give, and you're not gonna necessarily get anything back, and it might not work out for them. But you don't do it for the Juilliard scholarship. I mean, I guess you hope that that's why, but that's not why I did it. I did it because I felt like because I felt like. Your talent deserved it, that you deserved it, and that everybody should have the chance. And so if you, going forward, make sure that when you meet someone, it's going to be like an eighth grader who's with an attitude, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you just stop for a minute and, yeah. and give it what, you, what it deserves. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome experience so much. Yeah.